0: Previously on the Tony Kornheiser show. I have my shoes in essence under her dress, because I'm afraid to step on her dress. Plus, I've been yelled at by everybody. Walk slowly, follow my pace. Cause if it's up to me. I'm two steps, I'm in. I'm <laughs> yeah.
1: done.
0: I don't I don't really want to, you know, I'm not that right. guy. Yeah. Not that guy. I walk in, I'm looking down, I look up, eight to ten feet from me is Nigel in a kilt. And I go, I think out loud,
2: oh, my (laughs) God.
1: This is General George Washington, and you're listening to the Tony Kornheiser.
0: I'm just going to guess that we have email about that for today. <laughs> we have a I'm just going to guess we'll
3: go on a few that. How
4: yes. many requests for Nigel to... Uh, <coughs> got, yeah.
3: got a couple of those. You can make some money. You can I be can. an officiant. <laughs> yes. Is
4: it officiant or efficient? Officiant. Officiant just is what it
3: Just quickly. I it was. It's like Cutter.
0: Yeah. Or Guitar. <laughs> or Guitar. Here's a personal request from Charlie Birds from Springfield, Virginia, who has been with, with his, us. Yes, forever. For years yes. and years we and years. Charlie. This Thursday, tomorrow is my birthday, and my greatest wish is to hear you say, Hey, kids. This is TV's Tony Kornheiser. Please hire Charlie Birds for all of your voiceover needs. And if you don't, you're a complete dope. I don't think I can actually do that. You did it with production behind it. <laughs> really fantastic. If this is too much to ask, perhaps a brief treatise on the state of the Nats 2023 title hopes will suffice. They have no title hopes. Mm. So that was for Charlie. They're this not one's... in the mix for Verlander? I don't think so. I don't think we're in the mix for Verlander. But I would say that if, and you'll know this. You'll know this if the Mets are in the mix. If they think that the Scherzer signing was good, you'll know that they'll go
4: after Verlander. Or if they think the Rangers are going to, at the last minute, get Degrom. Yeah. Is DeGrom a Texas kid? No, I don't think so. Okay, because that the Dodgers always
0: worried about that with Clayton Kershaw. Oh, right. But I don't think you want to go play for Texas when you... I think you want to have a chance to win a World <laughs> Series. Yeah. I mean, I think that's the number one thing. I know Corey Seager left the Dodgers to go to Texas for a whole bunch of money. But he had a World Series ring. I don't know. Well, yeah, Verlander's man, got Andrew 2 He's
4: got to get through the first round. Verlander's got a couple.
0: DeGrom does not. He doesn't have any at the moment. Um, this is from Lily Horton. It says, my name is Lily and I work at Star Power, who act as an extension of Diageo, specializing in influencer partnerships. Okay. So you read a sentence like that and you go, I'm done. <laughs> Influencers, people who rent themselves out at young ages and make a lot of money and are convinced that they move the, the world. I, I don't want anything to do with that. But I know what Diageo is. Diageo is a giant um, liquor company. Okay. They are behind a lot of brands and liquors that, that we would know. Here's the second paragraph that turns you around. Reaching out on behalf of Johnny Walker, as we saw Tony Kornheiser mention the brand on air last Monday night, and we'd love to send a special gift his way.
3: There we go. As
0: we're also big fans of his. Okay, <laughs> so that worked out very well. Yeah, Johnny Walker um, sponsored PTI last week, and I said, Johnny Walker, send a box of that. <laughs> and so Lily Horton is going to send a box of that. <laughs> I think that's swell. Absolutely. Um, Carol will okay. be happy. They also have Baileys. Yeah, they do a lot of, you know, they're, they're a big brand. is a big brand. Okay, so two things that I have to get to before we get to Chuck Todd, and then we get to Booger McFarlane. One is Binghamton. The Binghamton Bearcats last night went south, uh, literally and figuratively. They played the University of Maryland at Maryland. You know because you never Maryland's not going to (laughs) go. No, Maryland is not going to play Binghamton at the Dr. Bailey Court. (laughs) That's not going to happen. Now, why does Maryland take a game like this? Maryland takes a game like this because it's an easy W. That's what they're thinking about before they get into league play, before they have their tough non-league games. Get a breather, get an easy one, get Binghamton. That should be a bumper sticker. Get a breather, get an easy one, get <laughs> Binghamton. Why does Binghamton take this game? There are a lot of reasons why Binghamton takes this game. Uh, to begin with, the answer to all your questions is money. I don't know how much money Binghamton gets. If it's 100000 if it's $300,000, it's 500, I, I don't. I have no idea. I mean, I don't know, but they get money and they use that money towards their basketball budget. It's a windfall for Binghamton. You you cannot say no to a game like this because you have a guaranteed amount of money. Plus, in the case of Maryland, if you're Binghamton, you may not want to take a game, for example, at TCU. You may not want to take... Well, you would take a game at Gonzaga because they're Gonzaga. You may not want to take a game... At Kansas State. You're way out of your recruiting area. But in Binghamton's case, the state of Maryland likely is in Binghamton's recruiting area. Maybe not Southern Maryland, but Northern Maryland, probably Western Maryland in Binghamton's recruiting area. I believe one of their starters is from um, Northeast Maryland, which is right by the exit on Rising Sun on 95. I think one of their starters, a guy named Falco or something like that. Did you tell me this yesterday, Nigel? Yes. I mean, look Isn't he yeah. from, from, um, Northeast Maryland. So you can establish yourself. You figure that Maryland fans are going to watch the game and they see Binghamton and they go, where's Binghamton? What can we do in Binghamton? So So th- this is, that's a good thing. The exposure is good on all levels. You're not going to win. You know, you're not going
4: to win, but the exposure is good on all levels. And with the shift of, uh, college sports you now have the ability for players to get tape against a big 10 team right. and whether it's binghamton or, or someone else you have the ability to move if you need to i'm not saying that's binghamton's case right. but it gives some it gives some of that trickle down effect to the players now let me say i watched the first half devoutly
0: the difference between starters on a high d1 school a contending school a school that has aspirations for a national championship like Maryland has and does and a school like Binghamton the difference in talent the difference in size the difference in strength the difference in basketball knowledge is vast it's vast uh it was maybe 10 nothing 18 6 37 13 and I watched there now I didn't I wasn't weeping or anything like that because I expected this. They finished out. They only lost by 21 or 22. Um, I assume in the second half that Kevin Willard did not play his starters for any great length of time because the game had the game had been decided, in, honestly, in the first five minutes of the game. And Binghamton had nobody who could play, who could start on Maryland. Maybe they could make the team. They had nobody who could start on Maryland. I was so happy that Binghamton was. It was on the Big Ten Network, which, by the way, is the be I think the best yeah, of the college sports networks. That's yeah, very good. Big Ten's really good. Len Elmore called the game. Len Elmore was an All American at Maryland. Mm-hmm. Len Elmore was calling the game. Little disappointed on my end that there were so few people in the stands. The place looked about a third full. I. And I didn't think they were on break. I guess they just decided to not vote for Binghamton with their money. But it's good. It was good for us. Do you see Gary on TV? I did not see Gary. Was he there? Was I, he at the game? I assume he was there. I, I don't know. I don't know if he was there. I there, assume
4: he saved a seat for you.
0: Well, Alan and I thought about going, and then it was lousy weather, and then my leg is killing me, and yeah, I can't want to really drive on Rick's down. Road in the rain. I really can't s- sit down to, to do that. But, you know, maybe Gary was there. It is the Gary Williams court. You know, yes. you, I don't care who you hire and how many championships they win. That's the Gary Williams that's court. His, yes, That is not the Dr. Bye League court, <laughs> but it is the D- Gary Williams court. Um, so I was happy that Binghamton was there. I wrote a note to Harvey Stenger uh, right around halftime saying all of these particular things. And, and th- I, there's no shame. You know, you're not as good. Right. I mean, if you're the coach and you go into halftime, I don't know the coach. But if he goes into halftime and he says, here's what we do to win the game, you walk out. You say, stop. <laughs> we're not going to win the game. What a good coach says is, look, they're better than we are. We understand we're better. But we can stay in this thing. They beat us badly in the first half. Let's see if we can stay even with them in the second half, which is exactly what happened. Yeah. Let's work the ball. The the Binghamton kids missed their first three or four foul shots. They were terrified to be in Maryland, to play these. Uh, Maryland dominated them inside, Yeah, stole the ball from them, bringing the ball up the court. I mean, it was... Truly, one team was just lots better. Not like what happened to Louisville. Louisville lost last night to Appalachian State, which we know of as having the greatest college football win ever, <laughs> going into the big house and beating Michigan. And they, didn't they beat Texas A&M this year yes. at Texas a and I didn't even know they could do this in basketball. Appalachian State beat Louisville. When Louisville's, Louisville comes down the court with about – they're down one. They come down the court with about seven seconds to go. And the guard keeps the, and keeps the ball in his hands and keeps the ball in his hands and keeps the ball in his hands and he's going to be a hero. And he drives to the basket and he makes the layup and it wins the game except it didn't get out of his hands before, before the buzzer, before the red light around the basket. It didn't get out of his hands. If I'm the coach at Louisville, I'm sitting with this kid alone. I'm asking him one question. What are you doing? What are you doing? Louisville has now apparently lost... It's first three games of the season, each by one point. And I don't think Louisville has played good teams because, you know, Louisville's not going to – they're in a big-time conference, aren't they? Aren't they in the ACC? They're not going to start out with ACC games. Can you look them up who they've lost to?
3: Yes, looking that up right now.
0: Maine the other night beat BC. Maine is in the America East Conference. The America East beat an ACC team. Wow, that is a total wow. It was not Binghamton who beat anybody, but the America East did. What do you got for Louisville?
3: Louisville is 0-3. Colin. Come who on.
0: have they beaten? Who have they lost to?
3: Uh, well, I don't know. See, uh, they lo-
0: Besides Appalachian State. Um, I should have told you this before the show started. Yeah, sorry. Um, Makes you look stupid. It, does, it I've made you look stupid. It doesn't make me look great. I, I apologize. Right, Michael? I should apologize. Yeah, but
4: I just love how your confessional about being inadequate against Maryland came back to Maine being able to beat an ACC team. Yeah.
0: Well, I mean, I don't consider BC on the – well, oh, you know what? I'm confusing it because I still consider Maryland an ACC team. Yeah. Even though they're not. They're a Big Ten team.
3: So they lost to Bell. Bell- Bellerman,
0: Bellerman, Bellerman? yes. Yeah, That's Bellerman is a low D one. Now they Bellerman has been in the tournament, but they're a low D one team. Yeah, that was sixty seven. I think 66. they may be in Ohio
3: Bellerman. I'm not familiar with with right. their, 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 their their thing. Who they lose? Uh, and what was it? Oh, Wright State 73-72. Wright
0: State is a is a school. It, I believe it's in Detroit. It's been in the tournament a couple of times. It has but it's not. It's not Louisville. It's not Louisville. No, which has won the tournament yeah. multiple times for Denny Crum yeah. and for Rick Patino, Yes. Didn't Patino win one at Kentucky and win one at Louisville as well? I believe he did, yes. Louisville's got no business. Louisville schedules those teams to beat them, and they got no business losing to them. By one each time. By one. It's not good for the coach. Whoever the coach is, it's not good. It's not a good look. One more thing I wanted to get to. At some point, maybe we will have the Kevin Sheehan winter weather forecast. You mean Kip? He's going to have to tape it, you know,
3: because he's on at the same time. He's also looking for sponsors.
0: Well, we're on. Yeah, he's got to make sure he gets
3: sponsorships. Petino did win with Louisville, but it was vacated. We still count that, right? Well, yes. <laughs> right. We watched it. We watched it, it happen. We counted. Yes. Okay.
0: So, on Monday night, tonight is Wednesday. On Monday night, unbeknownst to me, Channel 4's Doug Camerer had his winter weather forecast for the DC metropolitan area and environs. And environs. Doug is words, always
4: working for you.
0: Yeah. They set up grids where one of the grids is right over D.C. and goes up to Baltimore. One is west. One is east and south. One is north. You know what I mean? There's four different predictions. But the only one that matters to me is Washington, D.C. That's what I want to know. And I listened a little bit, and he was talking about... Um, what is it a La Nina it's a La Nina, La Nina not an El Nino it's a La Nina and that produces
4: some moisture right? yeah
0: and he said there would be a lot of moisture but he said because it was warm it wasn't in his opinion going to be a lot of snow now look I don't like snow don't like walking in it with the dog fall down break my ribs don't like driving it I'm I'm not that guy I'm not Doug Cameron. whether people like a variety of weather. Yes. I'm not Chuck Bell salivating at the trough for snow. But we would take a quick snow event over any ice. Oh, yes. Hate yes. ice. Ice is the worst. Absolutely, Ice is absolutely the worst. Who's that person we like who we went up to her? Melissa. Event? Yeah. Uh, Melissa so,
4: Malay. Melissa
0: Malay. She, she loves snow. Yeah, they like to break out the skis. Yeah, they like to send their kids, you know, down on down. This on is like saying you like watching the witching hour on the red zone. Love it. Yes. Love yeah. it. So, I mean, I like decorative snow right i like snow that melts not huge... it's pretty and then it doesn't it's not end, end of it. the
4: week snow that's not going to cripple your day-to-day okay. well but
0: i got the dog i'm the only one walking the dog so it is a day-to-day for me anyway camera you want to know what his prediction was that i tell you
3: you did tell me last Did i night. tell
0: you no this is it two to six
4: <laughs> that's all yes, and he that's... said
0: he didn't see he saw Don't tell my kids he saw <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, snow in january <laughs> not in december he thought december would be warm he thought february and march would be warm two to six two to six i can live with i can live with two to six last year we got an eight right away we got an eight yeah, maybe that in was, that was november it. that was about it yeah no, oh, no you got that in january no we got an eight before that are you not sure last year. I'll have to i thought that. we got an eight you way had, before do that you remember
4: it shut down 95 in virginia yes yes
0: Yes, I do remember that. But so I, yeah,
4: the almanac that I've been, that I've been uh, perusing says it's going to be a, a warmer than average winter. That's what fantastic. That means a lot of midwinter golf. But that because of that, there could be a few bigger snowstorms. We'll just see. We'll just see how it plays out. Two to six is, is nothing. I, I thought, you want to take
0: a guess at what the average snowfall in the last 15 years is in Washington? Because I would have thought it was about 18 to 20.
4: I'd say- All n-
0: in 18 to 20. Nine to 11 inches. It was 13.
4: It was 13 inches. But two to six is significantly lower than that, so I'm hoping Doug Cameron is it's right. The, it's the foot plus, but a lot of that's just the two to three that doesn't that never really seems to be two yeah. where you are. I certainly remember huge snowstorms, a blizzard in '96. Yeah, I
0: remember Snowmageddon, Snowmageddon, yeah.
4: Snowpocalypse.
0: Huge snowstorms where they. Packed that snow outside shopping centers and didn't melt till April. It's still April. at White Flint.
3: Yeah. It's, with next to Lord nothing, and Taylor. Nothing else is in White Flint but Here <laughs> to Taylor. serve the community. Where I can get a corduroy suit, hopefully for $80. Do you have anything shines. you're looking... Oh, yes. Uh, this is from, let's see, January 3rd, two Can't believe you
4: wore a corduroy suit to the rehearsal <laughs> dinner. I looked good. It was nice. It was fall. I just can't believe that you... you I had, had it a, altered. You had a real Taylor alter I had it altered. that suit. It yeah. Good. Sterling it Cleaners. Looked... Yeah, they altered it. Looked good. like a kindergarten
0: i wore a suit i mean did any how many other people wore suits how many other people got
3: i
4: wore a jacket i don't fit into my suits anymore i had to go scrummaging through your closet (laughs) yeah (laughs) so uh
3: snow totals this is from january 3rd of this year uh snow total. it says snow totals through midday climb four to eight inches with some surpassing 10 inches and that
0: was the that was the first one
3: yeah that appears to be the first one
0: i should never doubt michael's memory we will take a break chuck todd when we return i'm tony kornheiser
5: You're listening to the Tony Kornheiser Show.
0: This comes from Natalie Hamilton, who writes Hello, Tony. I was at the gym tonight, desperately trying to work off the three brownies I had mindlessly shoved in my mouth a few hours prior, (laughs) and in a desperate and misguided attempt to relieve some stress. And as I glanced up at one of the six mega television screens right around the one mile mark on the treadmill, I saw a man who looked like the photo I saw of what Tony looks like, and then I realized that's actually Tony Kornheiser. It was ESPN, and as I am a mere musician and sports ignorant, ESPN is something I've rarely come in full contact with. But it was so fun to see Tony in his element, and made me laugh to see him fanning his face towards the end of the interview as sweat was beginning to drip down mine. I have no idea what the conversation was on the TV as the sound was muted, but it helped me get to the two-mile mark. Anyway, I came home and sent this email because i just released an album. And I hadn't thought to send songs to your show till I saw Tony up there on the big screen. So here you go. The album is called Songs for Sorrow. It includes 12 songs exploring love, loss, and redemption. This one is called Here is God and Dawn, and parenthetically, the Tiger song, which was inspired by a William Blake poem written in 1794. You know that poem, right? The Tiger. Um, and it plays in Chuck Todd. Natalie Hamilton. We'll have more music from her later and I'll shut up and not talk over it completely. Chuck Todd joins us. It was a rough week for everybody but the monkey. Well, no, Carville had a good week. Jeff Ma had a rough week. Chuck bailed, you know, bailed his losing season out at the end, but he was three and four. He he won the last three games on the card. He's 34-34-3, so he is at 500. So that's good. I mean, if if you're worried about Chuck, don't worry. And he, get, <laughs> he gets games that we force him to take, and everybody else picks the games that they want. The monkey is killing it. The monkey was 3-0. and The monkey was 19-10-1. He's a monkey. <laughs> monkey. Um, I will get to these things. There are two questions that I have to ask you because of your day job. Yes, sir. One is, and I guess you sit around with the other people at NBC News and you talk about this, the single biggest surprising winner and or loser in the elections was who?
6: most surprising.
0: Yeah. I mean, where well, you said, I didn't think that person could win because to me, it was Carrie Lake losing oh. the gubernatorial in Arizona to me. But what about to you?
6: I mean, it, at this point, it seemed like they, they all, I mean, I am, I'm, I'm just, I'm still sort of shell shocked that we spent $8 billion to shift one Senate seat, and like seven House seats. I mean, it's just trench warfare. So at that point, you know, and I, I lost my ability to be surprised after, Donald Trump came down an escalator on June 15th, 26, June 16th, 2015. Right. Right?
0: Paying like, people to yeah. be near the escalator, says, like extras right. in a movie.
6: Um, paying people. And, well, he basically did the equivalent.
0: We're going to talk. Well, that's the second question. Don't worry. Yeah,
6: he was in an, an invited guest list to his <laughs> right. country club. Right. I mean, it's astonishing that in the 21st century, somebody's running for president by announcing that they're a country club. Like, you just wouldn't. Like, you know, I've got an idea. I'm going to announce my candidacy for president. Like, what political consultant in my right mind would say that's a good idea? I'm going to announce my candidacy for president at an invite-only country club <laughs> in the 21st century. I mean, just the, in that – that, um, I mean, you know, other than you, who else wants to go to country clubs?
0: uh me i certainly do um yeah. so let me get to the
6: obvious question by the way no offense to country clubs right you know, but, the, the you obvious know, not, question here that's the man of the people
0: he has he's won once actually he's won twice because he won the second one everybody knows that except all the election deniers pretty much lost <laughs> uh he's won once and and there's the lesson is obvious never ever ever underestimate him never you have to right. be crazy to do that but it's not breaking well for him at the moment. Um, do you see? And But he
6: picks off primary <laughs> challenges. He, it was astonishing what almost he like did a the sniper. last time. Right. Yeah, yeah, almost like a sniper. What do you he think? He just sort of says, all right, now I'm going to go after Ted Cruz. Yeah. All right? I'm yeah. finished with that guy. Now I'm going to go make Chris Christie be my coat holder. Okay? Now I'm finished with that guy. Right? Like mm-hmm. he... Carly Fiorina,
0: he said, "Do you want that face as pray You can't say this. Knocked her out. He knocked her out. What? So, what so, is what are his chances?
6: He's. It all depends on what whether he's willing to burn the party down. And if he is willing to burn, and this is the question I put to a lot of Republican sources of mine who are working for other presidential candidates, and they will sit there and say, "You know, Trump just doesn't have the base isn't as energized." You know, I get all these comments, and then. And then th- and then I'll throw this question back at him. I said, tell me how he concedes. Yeah, yeah. And I what just, he does. Exactly. So does. nobody can ever tell me how the nomination process ends with Donald Trump not winning. What does he do? How does he say, yes, that's right. Ron DeSantis or Tom Cotton or Nikki Haley. I, I am step. You know, I am. Congratulations. You beat me in the primary. No, this is really? not him. That's just not going to happen. I, I think he's going to burn the place down. I think it's going to, you know, he he's just not going to let that party if if you know, it's his party and he'll yank take it if he wants to, right? That's right I mean, right? It's, it, it, as I Leslie
0: did, Gore said, "It's my party and I'll cry if I want." To. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, yeah.
6: I I was I I threw the softball and you whacked it out. Well, of the I, mind, you know, I know every all those crazy lyrics. Uh, any lyric from the sixties and seventies, I got, got it, it right. Yeah. All right.
0: All right, I needed to know these things. Let's get to the business at hand, which is football games, which is what people care about. Well, they
6: care about Trump, too. Uh, and the we, monkey. We're going to start... Yeah, just, we're Go- just a setup for the monkey. Yeah. Let's just be realistic. Yeah.
0: <laughs> we're going to start with the Thursday game. Tennessee, which has won a bunch of games lately after starting out badly, is at Green Bay. Green Bay, in the fourth quarter, got the Aaron Rodgers that they paid for, for, I would say, the first time all year. That was Aaron Rodgers. Green Bay, Green Bay is... A three-point favorite over Tennessee at mm-hmm. home—that's sort of surprising given their records. But Green, you—if you, you want Tennessee, you get three. So the question is: Is it a mirage with Green Bay, yeah. or is it not? What do you got?
6: I have to tell you, I—I I, I didn't want to lose to Mike McCarthy, yeah, in Lambeau. I, it was—it was, it was uh, you know, if that's the if that's the only quarter that Aaron Rodgers shows up for the season, I appreciate that he showed up for that quarter uh on that front. Um it's uh look, if the Packers win this suddenly they're five and six. That's right. And everybody's like, oh, maybe they get into the seventh seed. We've seen Aaron Rodgers do this before. So let's just say that in my household we've got a lot of hope, uh, if they pull this game out. I hate betting against Vrabel with points though. This is I think this is a tough this is gonna be a Thursday night um game that probably is poorly played. Grind it out, low scoring. You know, somehow Tennessee either wins by three or Green Bay wins by three. So I don't, I don't love the spread. I, I'm gonna play the Packers just out of loyalty, but I think the better side here is the Titans. Okay. Um, I think. By the way, listen to this stat. You got to ask Jeff mob about it. Underdogs of between three points and ten points. Are now forty-eight and twenty-six against the spread. They cover sixty-five percent of the time. It's the underdogs are killing it this year, and everybody's. This is why everybody's doing so poorly. All the quote experts, except, for the, monkey. except, except the, the monkey, except the monkey, because <laughs> the right. monkey he says he says I'll take your analytics and I'll shove them where they <laughs> yeah. where the simian don't shine. <laughs> right. And, all right,
0: Philadelphia. At Indianapolis, this went down a half a point. Philadelphia lost the other night to Washington. Indianapolis won for Jeff Saturday. At Indianapolis, short week, on the road, Philadelphia minus six and a half. I can't believe they won't cover. That's just me.
6: I think, look, I think the talk about mirages, the interim coach effect. Yeah. Right? They'll rally around this new guy for one game. Okay. Against a really bad Raiders team. Right eagles coming off their first loss and that they don't even have to give a touchdown yeah, yeah I'm all, give me the eagles all day
0: yeah that's exactly all
6: I day feel. this might be the best that might be the which is a little scary because a lot of people will be on it but it might be the, the the best bet on the board
0: new york jets are at new england divisional game now, belichick has owned the jets for years and years and years but the jets yeah. are getting three <laughs> The Jets are like five and two or six and th- whatever their record is. They've beaten teams this year. They beat Buffalo, and the Jets you mean, are you, you getting three. the
6: New England Patriots. You mean the last place New England Patriots? Yeah,
0: and the Jets okay. are getting three.
6: Yeah, what do you got? The, the last place Patriots. Uh, give me the underdog in a divisional game. Give me the Jets
0: and the points. I, I don't think, trust Zach yeah, Jones. I think people have to realize this. When there's a spread of like 11 or 10 or 11 in a divisional game, that's crazy. That's crazy. You play that's these teams we were twice all over every year. The
6: commanders. Yeah, it's yes, yeah. you were right. No, you it's were a right. a divisional on game, especially the second time you face an opponent. Just craziness. And if you lost to them the first time, that's right.
0: Yeah. Um, Dallas, which lost, is at Minnesota. This is a very attractive game. Dallas at Minnesota. Dallas is somehow the favorite. Dallas is minus one. Minnesota, now maybe this is the reason, seven of Minnesota's eight games yeah. that they won have been one-score games. But to me, that proves they win close games. Dallas minus one surprises me. Does it surprise you?
6: It sure did. I mean, this is, it's just what you said. This is just people betting against Minnesota. Cowboys lost a heartbreaker. Minnesota wins one of those on the road. No way they back, you know. Yeah. But the idea that the Cowboys are the favorite at at Minnesota's I that's one of those where I'm afraid of take it's like they're begging you to take the Vikings yes they're begging you I'll tell you this a lot of people are gonna um tease this game and on the Vikings and if you can get the Vikings because there was a time this game was you know if you can get the Vikings to seven or seven and a half on a on a quote six point tease because guess what you just said all of their games are one score games they are they are right all of them. so then it becomes a safe bet but uh I guess I'm going to be on the Cowboys on this because I, I, it's, I do the I, same rationale I did last week in betting against the Vikings. Are you telling me the Vikings are a 9-1 team?
0: That game against Buffalo was as good a game as you could ever watch in the second half. It was as good a game as ever.
6: So who's over? Isn't that the Super Bowl? That's the Super Bowl I want. Give me the 0-4 Vikings Super Bowl versus the 0-4 Bills Super Bowl.
0: Because somebody has to win unless it ends in a tie
6: and they go to a yeah. shootout. I really want that Super Bowl. Good fan bases. Yes. You talk about fans that feel their heart. I have a – my, my uh, one, one of my producers is a, a longtime Bills fan. He says – he claims they've lost like 10 of 11 coin tosses in overtime. Like he's just – like he goes, everything goes against the Bills. Like he goes through this. He goes, I don't even know how they fumbled that ball, but somehow they figure that out.
0: Wow. The, yeah, the, well. the fumble was atrocious, and then the kid goes down the field and ties it up. All right. Here's another good game. Kansas City minus six and a half at the Chargers. Everybody covered with the Chargers last week because the Chargers were plus seven and they lost by six. Kansas City is not – they're not a team that covers. I They just don't. They win, but yeah. they don't look great. Will you take Kansas City minus six and a half at the Chargers?
6: Well – first of all at the chargers you have to put in air quotes
0: yeah it's not really a home field yeah,
6: yeah it's not the not the greatest home field what's wrong with the chargers i don't know they don't feel as good as they should be herbert doesn't seem as good as the the, the right the the height i i don't I, i'm i know they don't cover but I, that's awfully tempting if i can get Kansas City less than a touchdown that's awfully tempting okay I, I, i'll i'll take the chiefs there San Francisco,
0: and I think three to four weeks from now, San Francisco could be the best team in the entire NFL. I'm San Francisco your, is I'm at...
6: Hmm? Yeah. Not, you don't agree? I'm with you on that. Okay. No, I'm, I totally am
0: with you. San Francisco that. is at Arizona. That's a divisional game. And the road team is an eight-point favorite. Now, maybe Kyler Murray's not going to play again. I have no idea. But that's an enormous number for a road favorite in a divisional game.
6: I have to say... I'd rather it be Colt McCoy. I think I you know, I don't know how closely you watched any of the Cardinals, but I
0: thought Colt McCoy was just fine.
6: I, well, the point was, I felt like Cliff Kingsbury called a better game. Okay. And and there's and maybe with Kyler, he doesn't know how to, you know, everything with Kyler, you know, it's sort of whatever their game plan is, it stinks in the first half, and then it's like, all right, just draw up the plays and you do it. You do it. And right some, and right, and then right. And it, it it just seemed like a Eight points is a lot, and uh, I know the Cardinals are terrible at home. They're a much better road team. Um, I, it's more than a touchdown. What, what, what did we just talk about? More than a touchdown in a divisional game. Yeah, uh, and oh, except this is Mexico. This is the Mexico City game. Oh, it is. Yes. Oh, I didn't realize that. Okay. Yeah. This is that. This, that, means that, changes that changes it. That changes it. Does a little bit. Yep. It does a little bit. Eight points still feels like a lot. So you'll take um, Arizona. I guess, yeah, reluctantly. The monkey should be happy with this. I know he's been hanging out with John Brody. <laughs> I, you know, I hear they golf yeah. together in the yeah. senior tour.
0: Yeah. They play golf, yeah. Washington,
6: yeah.
0: a winner, and none of us sitting here believes that Rivera <laughs> will start anybody but Heineke. He's just not going to do it. Washington, a road favorite. When was the last time that happened at Houston? Houston stinks. Houston's a bad team. Washington, a road favorite. You've been getting rich off Washington lately. Who you got? I know it's three.
6: Do okay, but you just said everything that scares me. I like Washington when they're getting points. Right. Giving points. Right. Mm. You trust this team giving points? You trust Taylor Heineke? I don't care. who Definitely don't trust Wentz giving points. You know, I I know I think Houston's got to win a second game, uh, and I, I'm I I don't trust Washington giving points. Okay. So give me Houston. Um.
0: Taylor Heineke, who we all love, who is right out of Damon Runyon, and we do we love him, and the players love him. His career record as a starter is ten and ten. He wins one and he loses one. He just won one. He's probably going to lose this one. I mean, I I think that's possible, and w- which will renew the Carson Wentz debate. Thank you, Chuck. Good luck. The
6: replacements. Who was the replacement? The, the uh, replacements quarterback in that movie, The Replacement? Shane Falco. Shane Falco isn't Tyler, Taylor Heineke? Shane
3: Falco. Uh, he's it's. <laughs>
6: Yeah. He's fun. He's our our Shane Falco. He's he's
0: great fun, but don't make the mistake of thinking he's Tom Brady, please. (laughs) Don't do that. Don't do that. He's not. That's why he was taking. The
6: Rams had. Did you see that? I mean, that poor Rams quarterback. Wolford
0: or something like that. He was terrible.
6: Yeah, Wolford, Wolford. WHOA. You know,
0: people spend, each team spends millions of dollars scouting. And if a guy's taking math classes at Old Dominion, there's a reason. <laughs> you know, although, although the other one is Kurt Warner. Although, the, you know, case in point is Kurt yeah. Warner. You know, the Iowa Barnstormers, and now he's in the yeah. Hall of Fame. But they're not, well,
6: for every Kurt Warner,
0: there's ten <laughs> there are the a other. lot
6: of John Wolford. That's right. And
0: Thank you, ten. Chuck. Goodbye, guys. Chuck Todd, meet the press, boys and girls. And if we just gave you Chuck Todd, it would, of course, be enough. Because he's so knowledgeable about so many things. But we give you a monkey.
4: See the monkey, he's scritch, scritch, scratching. Watching his iPad, smoking and laughing. Hanging with Bud Grant, tap,
3: tap, tapping on his purple attache. Nigel's going to the zoo, zoo, zoo. Reginald's got the vibes, by two. Sing along. Sometimes he throws his poo, poo, poo. And he's had too much Johnny Walker blue.
0: What happened with him this week?
3: Just What's his record again? He's He was 3-0 and last week. He's nineteen, ten, and one. He's a, He's, mon- a monkey. <laughs> He's a monkey. He's nineteen, ten, and one. Well, he is definitely living large. Uh, when I went down to the National Zoo yesterday, it was a big night. It's a big sort of festival there. It was Casino Night. Oh, yeah. He hosts this big charity fundraiser for the organization, which is a big part of the United Chimps Front. Yeah, which apparently helps to relocate UCF. Yes. The other UCF. We're trying, helping to relocate <laughs> the chimps, in to chimps in need to Monaco. Chimps <laughs>
0: in need. Of course, yes. to Monaco.
3: Right. Or yeah. all chimps want to go to retire. Yeah. Um, by the way, among the attendees, George Clooney was there. The boss, Bruce Springsteen. Fantastic. And this one didn't make sense to me, but apparently they get along famously. Al Hrabowski. You Is know? that right? Yes, the mad the, Hungarian. Yes, he was there. Oh, just and batting practice. (laughs) Exactly, yes. Having a blast. But the first uh, first match we gave him was, of course, uh, the Patriots at home giving three to the New York Jets. And he showed me a photograph. I believe this was from last year of Reginald in a plow truck plowing with Casey Affleck all the way from Marblehead to to Revere. Revere. So that tells me he's got ties to the New England area and he will take the Patriots I'm the mayor of
4: Duncan. (laughs) (laughs) Coffee (laughs) regular on the dash. Let's
3: go back to Starbucks. Um, The next one we gave him was uh, Minnesota. This is not surprising. we at home getting one against Dallas. I don't understand that one. Doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Didn't make sense to the monkey. He showed me a video of him in a Winnebago at Mount Rushmore with Bud Grant, Tommy Kramer, and Anthony Carter there you go not a surprise to anyone he'll take the Vikings in that one and the final match he gave him was of course Washington on the road giving three at Houston and this was an old photograph I think it was in the newspaper of him at a polo match with the Squire Jack Kent Cook. Yeah. Which I believe you, you came up with that name. did. Yes. The Squire. Uh, Neil Okowitz and uh, Dexter Manley with him as well. Tells me he's got ties to the He's going to
0: give the three. Going to give the three. Going to give the three. He's yes. staying with Washington. Riding All with right. Meineke. That's great. Uh, Booker McFarland joins us when we return. I'm Tony Kornheiser.
3: You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show.
0: Once again, this is Natalie Hamilton. She's got a better voice than you do. Unless you're Barbara Streisand and you're listening. Other than that, she's got a better voice than you do. This is called Bomb and Gillian. This is from her album called Songs for Sorrow. What a beautiful voice she's got. I'll shut up. Well, actually, I won't shut up. But at the end of the show, you can listen to her without me talking over. Michael, if people like Natalie Hamilton want to send us their original music, how do they
4: do it? Send us your music by emailing it to jingles at Tonycornizershow.com. And are we in the selling business? So we gobble gobbling? Yeah, we are TK gobble. TK gobble gobble. Uh, yes, a lot of good holiday picks. They have a great selection. Check out johnnyo.com.
0: Right, Booger McFarlane joins us. This is a double dip day for me and Booger. Booger will be on the PTI show later in the afternoon. I have no idea what the questions for him will be because I never write those questions. I just read them. I write my own questions and we've gotten to the point. We're a little bit halfway. We're past halfway in the season. Uh, everybody's played nine. Some teams have played 10. I have no idea who the best team is. I have absolutely no idea. Do you?
7: Uh, I have a pretty good idea, Tony. Uh, I I think when you look on the AFC side, I think, you know, obviously Buffalo, Kansas City, Miami, Baltimore. I think those four uh, I would put kind of in a little class of their own. I I think on the NFC side, it's much more wide open um, because some of the teams that are really good, I don't know if we necessarily believe in, uh, meaning Seattle and the Giants. I think when it's all said and done though, uh Philadelphia regardless of the one loss that they have right now, Minnesota, people may not believe in Kirk Cousins but you have to give the team respect because of their record. Right. Uh Tampa's going to win the NFC South based on the division being terrible. Right. Uh Brady Brady in the playoffs is he going to make a run? I don't know. I think those teams though and and, and Dallas, um uh, you know, Dallas's defense and and whether or not they get OBJ is always intriguing. So I think those handful of teams, Tony, are are ultimately going to comprise the teams that buy for a Super Bowl and run deep into the playoffs.
0: That's interesting. You have left out the team that I have fixated on that I think is growing, has the outline of a championship team and is growing week by week, and that is San Francisco.
7: Well, here's the reason why. I think San Francisco's defense is outstanding. Uh, I think the addition of Christian McCaffrey has given them another weapon on the offense. But their offense is really a run-based offense, and Jimmy Garoppolo's got to distribute the ball to these playmakers being Debo, Christian McCaffrey, uh, the tight end George Kittle. Yeah. But do they really have a weapon when, okay, I'm down 10 or down 14 or I need an explosive play in the pass game that I can get it down the field? I don't know if they have that, whether you believe in the quarterback or not, or the weapons outside. so. Yeah, I love San Francisco. I love their physicality. I love the style of football they play. I just have question marks about when they get in games where they just can't play bully ball, right? Yeah, When yeah. they just can't line up and just out-physical physical you, can they score points?
0: That's interesting. Um, I just want to go back to one team, and that is Buffalo. You played in a league. You played on two different Super Bowl teams. I don't know if this happened to you. Those two losses in a row to the Jets – and the way they lost to Minnesota, can you come back from that? Is that easy? Can you put that in your back pocket and just walk away from that?
7: No question, Tony. I'll give it to you from a perspective that I live. I got traded to Indianapolis. Indianapolis was 5-0. We ran off another seven, eight games. I think we got to 11-0, 12-0, something like that. I can't remember the exact record. And, Tony, we lost four in a row. We didn't just lose two in a row. We lost four in a row. Yeah. One of the games, Jacksonville ran for 375 yards on us. And everybody in Indianapolis was really going crazy. They were like, Tony's got to change something. That being Tony Dunn, he's got to do something. Something's got to be done. And I'll never forget, T, uh, Tony stood up in the meeting, and he simply said this, we've got to do our job better. Like, we're not changing, we're not making wholesale changes. Right, right. Everybody's got to do their job better. And, Tony, you know how that season ended. We won the Super Bowl, that's right. and that's after we lost four in a row. So, yeah, you can put it in your back pocket, but the, the key to it is this, is that you have to acknowledge – what's going wrong you have to acknowledge your faults and you have to acknowledge your shortcomings, and you have to come back out and correct those we did that in indy back in 06 07 can buffalo do that i believe in sean mcdermott who's a really good head coach uh he's got to prove that he can get it done situationally in the playoffs and get his team ready uh, to be refocused again on, on the task at hand the
0: quarterback on your team in indianapolis was peyton manning right right uh a, a first ballot hall of fame guy peyton manning who had already been in the league and won some stuff. Maybe he hadn't won some stuff, but he was going to win some stuff. Is Josh Allen, Peyton Manning? And you know what I mean? Peyton Manning, a person who would have complete confidence in his intellectual ability to do what he has to do, <clears throat> even if some things had happened to hurt him. Is Josh Allen in that league? Because, I mean, that fumble
7: booger, that's a great game to watch. That was atrocious. Yeah, it was atrocious to answer your question directly i don't know tony right because peyton manning had already been there and done that and seen everything he hadn't won a championship but he had seen so many different things and he was so well versed in his career at that point josh allen is still growing like he's still coming into who he think he ultimately can be which is an mvp uh type quarterback in this league and so can he learn from it can he stop playing superman type football can he Uh, develop that level of I'm going to be a ball distributor and not the guy that has to do it all? We're going to find out because he hasn't played well, Tony. Think about this. Last three games, seven turnovers, six interceptions, one fumble, uh, a couple of those in the red zone. And that's all on him.
0: That's exactly right.
7: He's got to do better. So we're going to find out right before our eyes whether or not he's learned from it. And I think whether or not he's learned from it will tell you whether or not Buffalo – will have an opportunity to win a Super Bowl this year.
0: I, com- I completely agree with that, that he, when Lamar Jackson does what he does, it is out of necessity on his team. When Josh Allen does what he does, it seems to be out of ego. I'm not, I'm not being critical, saying he's an egomaniac, but he thinks he's got to do everything, whereas Lamar Jackson probably knows he's got to do anyth- everything, or am I wrong on that?
7: No, that's a good point about Lamar. I, I do agree with you on that. As far as Josh, I think Josh has been asked to do so much. It's kind of like if, if you come to work one day and the boss says, hey, here are five tasks, and he says that for the, for the first three months. Well, guess what, Tony? In month four, you're going to think, okay, that's I still right. have five have tasks. Have
0: to do it. Yep. Right.
7: right. And so right. Josh has been asked to do this so many times. He's just used to being able to do it and used to doing it. Now – the team is really good around him and he doesn't have to do it. And it's almost as if sometimes he gets in that trap of saying, okay, I still have to do those five things. No, just do two or three because the talent around you is so good. The defense is good. Um, you, you now have a number one wide receiver in Diggs, a number two in Davis. You've got some weapons offensively. So uh, he, he's got to realize that he doesn't have to do it all, but that's hard to do. You know why? Because we're creatures of habit.
0: I agree. I agree with that. You were there Monday night. Um, What should the league do about that face mask situation? I mean, it seems to me if, if a play is under review and you see something that violates the rules, you, you just can't ignore it. They ignored it. I I don't know what you do about that.
7: You shouldn't be able to ignore it, but the rules state now that you have to ignore it. I think the only way to change it is to make everything reviewable. The NFL doesn't want to do that because the NFL, quiet as it's kept, only, they enjoy it a little bit of the human element, a little bit of subjectivity. Otherwise, we would have robots calling every file. We we would just have everything being reviewable. But the league doesn't want that because there's a little bit of the human element. Think about this. In 2022, we still have two dudes holding yard markers with chains, deciding whether or not we have a first down. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, Tony, think about that. Whereas in in tennis, they have chips and stuff where you don't even have to think twice like we can put it on a a jumbotron in a matter of seconds whether the ball was in or out we got two old dudes holding change trying to figure it out so that just tells you what the nfl feels like and and how they want to approach it and if that's the case then i don't know if we're ever going to change this um could we do something about it absolutely just make everything reviewable but they don't want to do that right now
0: such a good answer that's such a good answer let me get to the sweet spot for you this week your alma mater lsu um They can get to the playoffs. It is, they have, unlike Tennessee, they have a path right in front of them by beating Georgia. What are your thoughts about that?
7: Well, obviously, I I think it's a path. Um, It's a a tall task. You know, you you got UAB this weekend. You got A&M who uh, would like nothing better than the spore LSU's hopes. And then you got Georgia, which has been the best team in football the last two and a half years. That's right. Um, if, If LSU is to run that gauntlet, I think they have a case to play in the playoff. The problem will be this. There will be a group of people that will say, yeah, LSU won the SEC, and they beat Georgia, and they beat Alabama, and they beat Ole Miss, which will probably be three of the top 11 teams, but they lost by 27 to Tennessee, and Tennessee's only got one loss. Wow. Now, how how you weigh that, I'm not sure. Uh, I'm not sure if you put LSU and Tennessee in. I'm not sure how that goes, but I do know that regardless of what happens, it's amazing where Brian Kelly has come from day one to where he is now. Um, It's definitely off to a good start. I think ultimately LSU wants to win a national championship, and I think Brian Kelly can do it. But it, it, it just goes to show you, Tony, don't necessarily judge a book by cover because everybody said that BK couldn't fit in Baton Rouge, and right now he's proven he can fit. Let's just hope he can finish the deal off and put that pressure on the committee whether or not they have a chance to get into the playoffs this year.
0: He's a wonderful coach. His southern accent is terrible and it's (laughs) ridiculous and phony, but he's a wonderful coach. I had this question for you. I'll get you out on this. When Jaworski and I used to travel, we used to bring our sticks with us and we made sure if we had a Monday night game that on Sunday morning we played somewhere. Do you bring your sticks with you?
7: I don't bring my sticks Tony because I think it's very unprofessional to walk into the hotel on a business trip with golf clubs. So what I do <laughs> is I it, is I just I just ship my clubs via Shipsticks. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. same same method. Yeah. I just uh, I just use a little camouflage, you know?
0: Um, it was cold this weekend. You didn't play this weekend, did you? Did you play? In- no, I, I, I,
7: Boog has a rule, Tony. There has to be a five in the first number of the temperature in order for me to play.
0: <laughs> it's wonderful. If,
7: if, if, there's not, if, if there's not a five, then Boog's not playing.
0: I'll see you later on PTI. Thank you. Later, buddy. Booger McFarland, boys and girls. A delight. Just a delight. We'll have email and jingle when we return. I'm Tony Kornheiser.
5: And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. This is the Tony Kornheiser Show. The Tony
1: Kornheiser Show. Here comes
5: Tony's, Tony's mailbag. He
2: got your emails, faxes, and your notes. He's gonna read some mail for all you
0: fools. That's Tom Goddard. And he's playing the guitar, I think. Yes, he is. And then we got the other guy playing the piano. Yes. Doing the same thing. They should get together. <laughs> right. Little they should get together. That'll do it for us today before we get to the mailbag. Let me say, well, she got her daddy's car and she cruised to the hamburger stand now. Seems like she forgot all about the library like she told her old man now. And with the radio blast and goes cruising just as fast as she can now. And she'll have fun, fun, fun till her daddy takes her T-bird away. That's when Mike Love, the cousin, was doing lead singing.
3: For the Beach Boys. That's probably 1961 or 62. And
0: that's pretty early in it.
3: I believe the story goes they were driving in a cab, I think, to the airport, and they rode it in like five minutes. No did. That's how it always goes. <laughs> right. Thanks to our guests today, Chuck Todd, Booger McFarlane. Thanks to our
0: sponsors today, Freshly, Masterclass, Solo Stove. Remember, you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and Odyssey get the show through apple Podcasts. please leave us a review do i from, do
3: the bagel read oh i'm sorry go ahead bethesda bagels we love them you will as well Just we go- had bagels today we did yes That's love these good. bagels go to BethesdaBagels.com for the location in the dc area nearest you then pop on in and you'll be thrilled from tad lyman in dallas texas congratulations to liz and ron
0: was dg able to attend <laughs> from claire natola you'll be happy to know that no one related to you by marriage inheritance or veterinarian bill told me about the wedding so you were always safe but you'll still get an invitation to mine if I happen to stumble across any guy who ran out of other options (laughs) from here in town, as I heard Carol say Claire Natola. From Dave Arnold in Broomall, Pennsylvania, a close western suburb of Philadelphia in a region where it's impossible to keep up with all the road work. When recounting your daughter's wedding and best wishes to her and to Ron, you or Michael failed to answer the question that has been dangled for weeks in a sponsor read. Did Michael's Indochino pants...
4: That's a story for another day. I gave a little bit of a tease to the to the story of the suit, and it involves the pants. Pants that were not tried on in the one month between arrival and date of event. He got Ted's pants. Ted's pants. Ted's yeah. pants.
0: From Brandon Borzelli in Lebanon, New Jersey. While it seems like the easiest guess on The Godfather quote you used in the speech at your daughter's wedding might have been, and I am honored to be... At the day, on the day of your daughter's wedding, <laughs> here are a few you probably should have steered clear of. I'm gonna take a nap now, and when I wake up, the money's on the table. I'll know I have a partner. That's what I did. <laughs> That's the one I did. And then I, then I, as I handed the mic back to the guy in the band, and I said, "I'll and I'll be able to pay for this wedding." <laughs> Tom, can you get me off the hook for old times' sake? Sorry, you son. know who I am. I'm Mo Green. I made my bones when you were going out with cheerleaders. <laughs> you got to get up close and bada bing, you blow their brains all over your nice Ivy League suit. I'm American hiding in Sicily. Now, there are people who would pay good money for that information, but your daughter would lose a father instead of gaining a husband. All great quotes. From Terry Tahara in Bremen, Indiana. Wait. Am I to understand that you can get kilts from Indochino? What measurements do they need? Waist? Waist to knee? Hips? What personal touches can I get? Lining? Choice of tartan plaid? Sash material? Can I get one of those little purses that hang in front to hold my cell phone? <laughs> I'll hang up and listen. Is there? Did you have all You don't. I did, did have, all have all that, but
3: not, not through Indochino. Yes, I did have the purse. It came in very handy. Yeah. From my flask.
2: Uh, from Brandon
0: Costello, singer-songwriter in Lexington, Kentucky. Do let me know the next time your daughter gets married. Dan Byrne and I would happily play the reception, trading back and forth sensitive folk music and baseball jingles. We'd even finish out the show with emotional duet, duet of Victor Wembenyama. Uh, from Matt in San Antonio, dear Uncle Toby, Mazel Tov on the wedding, and I hope their first child be a masculine child. I pledge my never-ending loyalty. Nigel, huh? All my kids got at their wedding this summer was Reginald and Monkey. At least you your officiant wore clothes. Huh? Yeah. From Joe Rizzo in Oak Hill, Virginia. Does Nigel do funerals? Well, not a funeral per se, but a celebration of life service? I'm not ready to kick the bucket, but if he lets the littles know that this is part of his services portfolio, I'm fairly certain, given the median age of the pod listener, he'll be in high demand shortly. So what I'd like to do is book him now for a date and place to be determined put down a deposit, and upon completion of his service that includes a minimum of five Godfather references, he'll be paid in full, and I'll even throw in a baggie of my ashes. From Anthony Fappiano in Simsbury, Connecticut, which is right near Bristol, Connecticut... While I've been lucky enough to have a few emails read on the show over the years, I've had to wait until today for my first David Aldridge moment. As you described what sounded like just a terrific wedding and mentioned the Hay Adams, I thought, I know that hotel. The person to whom I am related by marriage and I had our wedding at the Hay Adams way back in February of 2008. Hearing your description brought back some really great memories of that night, the view, the food, etc., the entire experience was incredible and we still reminisce about that night off and many years later. I'm sure Liz and Ron will as well. Congratulations to them both. It it was gorgeous. It's beautiful. Right? Yeah. It was gorgeous. I told Sands it was there, and he goes, Oh, I've had brunch there, I've had dinners there. Oh, it's beautiful. Yeah. From Larry Marshall in Zanesville, Ohio. Congrats on the wedding and what sounds like a wonderful evening with lots of family and friends. However, as an ordained pastor with seminary training and the paper to prove it, I feel a little slighted by the choice of Nigel to perform the ceremony. And I understand how all those loudmouths in the sports world feel about Jeff Saturday (laughs) being chosen to coach the Indianapolis Colts. But perhaps I will take the high road and be an example to the Bill Cowers of the world and simply congratulate Nigel on the gig and wish him nothing but continued success as a wedding officiant. Congrats to your family And thanks for giving us a small peek behind the curtain, and congrats to Nigel. Perhaps he can also begin his new side hustle as a model for the new Indochino kilt collection. If he ever needs wedding or funeral assistance, I will be forever on call as a consultant. And Trey Watson, Lexington, Kentucky. My father passed in the early days of COVID from a combination of COVID and undercooked pork, but that's another story. When we were all on lockdown, we couldn't have a proper celebration of his life. Life and other such tragedies have gotten in the way of holding a service since then, but it's now planned for next March in McEwen, Tennessee. We now know Nigel does weddings, but as his booking agent, can you tell me, is he available for funerals? Don't worry, it won't be one of those stuffy funerals. That wasn't my dad. It'll be more a kegs and casseroles kind of affair, so Nigel would fit right in. He'd be welcome to wear his kilt, but it'll be just a bunch of Irish Catholics, so I don't know how well that's going to go Just let me know his rates and his availability. And uh, from Jeff Piggott, our friend Jeff Piggott. Love Jeff. Congratulations to you and the happy couple. Sorry to miss the event. Two questions. First, where are they registered? And second, should I just send the gifts directly to your spare bedroom can it, so it can be next to Michael's gifts? <laughs> if you're out on your bike tonight, everyone is always to wear white. Hola, nosotros somos
7: Pineapple Landscape y escuchamos el show de Tony Kornheiser.
5: Pero este show apesta.
1: Jesus.